0: Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast with me, Jonathan Puddle. This is episode number 69. And today we're going to do something we haven't done in quite a while. It's just me. I don't have any special guests today. I uh, have many amazing guests recorded and in the can and ready to share with you. But next week, is the beginning of Lent and uh, this year I'm offering a devotional for you for Lent and so today I want to introduce that to you and encourage you to uh, consider joining me for the 40 days of Lent so I'm going to explain a little bit about what that is today and invite you to join me I will be sharing Uh, A a meditation with you here today. So if you've heard me talking about my forthcoming devotional all about self-love, how to love yourself the way God loves you, today you're going to get to join me in participating in one of those devotions if you've been watching uh anytime in the last year and a half my instagram videos and daily meditations uh you're gonna get to enjoy one of those here today so a little bit different and i'm really glad to be doing this and share this with you we'll get back to interviews next week but uh yeah let's uh let's have a think about lent So I want to just talk a little bit about history, first of all, just briefly, because I didn't grow up with Lent. I had no idea what Lent was. It was weird. Uh, It was something that Catholics did, and Catholics were weird. In fact, uh, a little while back, I remember watching some friends of mine on Facebook debating Lent. The one with Italian heritage took it for granted that Christians would be giving something up for Lent, and the one with Dutch Reformed heritage took it for granted that Catholics were Mary-worshipping heretics. And so... uh, my, my children are actually baptized Roman Catholic, and my wife is. We are uh, a whole hodgepodge of spirituality. We attend and k- pastor children at a non-denominational charismatic church. My children are in Catholic school. We, are all, uh, we all drink from a bunch of different streams together, and it enriches our Christian life. So let me tell you a little bit about where Lent came from, in case you didn't know, like me. So about 100 years after Jesus... An early Christian named Irenaeus, 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 right? I I always get that wrong on my first attempt. Irenaeus uh, wrote about a number of other believers who were observing two to three days of fasting ahead of Easter. That is our very first recorded instance of anything to do with uh, the Lenten season. About 200 years after that, a number of prominent Christian leaders met to discuss a bunch of issues they were trying to figure out amongst the community. This was the Council of Nicaea. The issues included the nature of the Son of God, his relationship to the Father, fixing a consistent date for observing Easter, as well as a 40-day period of fasting leading up to Easter. So at that time, you know, Christians... Just a few hundred years after christ were already pretty diverse in the way that they practiced and celebrated the faith easter itself was celebrated on a number of different dates by different groups fasting was observed by some some started earlier some started later some fasted only on weekdays but generally most christians at this stage seemed to be seriously committed to some kind of period of intentional reflection and self-deprivation ahead of easter as i was thinking about this today I was thinking about 9-11 and how, you know, we're, we're what, 20 years almost post 9-11 and how much that affects the culture still, especially in North America, but even of the world and how much I think we, we realize in reflection how much the world has fundamentally changed in the West since 9-11, since that attack. And so if you think about, this new understanding amongst the Jews that Jesus is Christ is the Messiah and how far-reaching that would be. You know, we're 300 years the Council of Nicaea after Christ, roughly, and so you know, there's there's cultural shifts. There are major events. There's big pivotal stuff trying to figure out what this means for people, and then, you know, those folks are spreading out geographically, right? And uh, and they don't have the speed of information or of communication that we have today. So uh, these, these are big, pivotal events in the early life of the faith. And 300 years sounds like a longer time. Again, with the lack of fast information, probably more like 10 or 20 years at our pace. If you want to learn more, uh, actually, about the Council of Nicaea, uh, you may have heard when I was discussing with uh, theologian Mike Bird recently, uh, he has a he was he wrote the Council of Nicaea epic rap battle, and you can go find that on YouTube. It's very funny. So as the centuries progressed, other councils met to pin down other theological issues. Eventually, Lent was developed into a consistent forty-day period, beginning on a Wednesday, roughly six weeks before Easter. On the Tuesday before the Wednesday, Uh, Shrove Tuesday, many people celebrate a big meal before their period of fasting. And that's what Pancake Tuesday is all about. Also something that I did not celebrate growing up as a child. And I got married and my wife's like, oh, it's Pancake Tuesday. Why aren't you making pancakes for our family like a good husband should? Uh, (laughs) uh, So learning about that. Also, uh, that Tuesday before the Lenten fast is also the origins of Mardi Gras. Literally Fat Tuesday. Uh, If you've ever wondered why. Mardi gras isn't it the french word for fat so the wednesday then is the first day of the fast and it's referred to as ash wednesday and it's where you know many believers from around the world and many different christian traditions will have their foreheads marked with a cross made of ashes which traditionally are collected from burning the palm leaves from the prior year's palm sunday celebrations so how about that for a history lesson Uh, i didn't even know all of that as i began to to prep for this I didn't know that the ashes were collected from the palm branches, from from Palm Sunday, which I think is really cool. Uh, And the whole point there is a a commemoration of, of to dust we shall return. You know, from dust God formed us, from the creation that he created and loves, he made us and then breathed his life into us. So, you know, Christians of all kinds of backgrounds and traditions have been observing Lent as they prepare to celebrate Easter for close to two thousand years. Now, as I mentioned, there's a time when I didn't really know about this, and a time where I didn't care for traditions. You know, a long, a long time in my life, I was always kind of looking for the new and the fresh and revival fire, and and what what was traditional to me, I interpreted as legalistic. But I have since grown up a bit more, and uh, even having children in my own family has I think really pushed me towards tradition as something that anchors my family. And so also that's drawn me to traditions in the faith and traditions that have anchored Christians for a very long time. And you'll find as soon as you look into scripture, that scripture is full of these kinds of traditions and practices. Like when God says to the Israelites, you know, take the, go into the river, take 12 stones, put them beside the river, stack them up so that each time you walk past them and your children ask, why are those rocks there? You know, you can tell them about God and how he saved you. So I think God is really interested in these rhythms, these traditions, which is again, you know, we have the Sabbath observance that we would set aside time every week to rest and to worship, which is also something my family is doing new this year. So Maybe this just means more to me this year than it does in the past. So Lent, funny story. I had a, a vasectomy a couple of years back, and the urologist that I went to offers a general anesthetic. Most urologists don't do that. They simply do a vasectomy in an outpatient's clinic, and you're wide awake. You're numbed locally. They do the procedure. It's 10, 15 minutes, and off you go. But uh, my guy was like, hey, I'll knock you out, and then you don't have to worry about it. And so that was fabulous. Uh, they <laughs> put me full of drugs. I passed out, and I woke up exactly as infertile as I wanted to be. It was perfect, <laughs> but with general anaesthetic, of course, you have to fast for 24 hours uh, to get you know food and stuff out of your out of your belly, so that that doesn't affect the anaesthetic anesthe- the process. And that, my friends, is a bit like Lent. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus removed our hearts of stone and replaced them with hearts of flesh. So Easter really is heart surgery in the life of the Christian. And Lent is the period of preparation for that heart surgery. So here is what I would like you to consider fasting this year for Lent. Whether you're going to fast meats or fish or social media or anything else that you might want to fast, I want you to consider fasting from, ready, self-hatred and self-doubt and self-condemnation. I want you to give up self-loathing, the ways that you hate your body, the ways that you talk negatively to yourself even things that maybe are survival tactics that you've come up with over the years that are basically self-sabotage. I want you to give up all of these self-deprecating, self-hate ways, and I want you to replace them with self-love. I want you to love yourself generously and kindly the same way that God loves you. So I realize that may be difficult. (laughs) That may be like a, a what are we talking about here? So I have prepared a devotional for Lent that you can follow to do exactly this with me. It's all based on my forthcoming book, Uh, You Are Enough, Learning to Love Yourself the Way God Loves You, which will be out in the spring. But I've turned all of those readings into daily emails that you'll get for the period of Lent. You'll get a reading and then a short meditation to participate in. And it's super, super simple, and it's free, and I want you to go and sign up for it right now. So pause this if you need to, and go to jonathanpuddle.com slash lent, L-E-N-T, and into your email, hit subscribe, then you'll get an email in your inbox that you need to confirm the link. Uh, It's like a double opt-in, and then you're in. Yeah? Very simple. Go do that right now. JonathanPuddle.com slash Lent. Enter your email. Confirm the link in the email that you receive. And you will be in Lent starts on Ash Wednesday, which is next Wednesday, the 26th of February is the first day of Lent. And that's when the first email will be coming your way. So to kickstart your appetite... Uh, we're going to do a sneak peek right here, right now. I'm going to read you uh, the introduction and the first reading in meditation. So if you're doing laundry, uh, you can keep doing your laundry for about five or six more minutes, uh, maybe ten, and then you'll have to pause and join me in this meditation. Uh, So prepare your hearts to love yourself the way God loves you. Here's the introduction from my forthcoming devotional. You are enough, learning to love yourself the way God loves you. It wasn't an audible question. I heard it inside my mind. I tried to reject it and just moved on with my evening, but it grew louder and louder, rattling around in my head and my heart until the tears began. I had never been abused or neglected or exposed to serious traumas. I would say that I had a happy childhood. So why did this question make me feel so exposed? Over the three years that followed, I learned that even the happiest life contains a great many experiences that are simply too much for us to process. When that happens, our brains come up with ways of coping. Certain behaviors and beliefs are adopted in order to survive. Connections in our brain are made and then retread countless times by our subconscious. We become very efficient at whatever it is our brains decided was best for the ongoing avoidance of pain. And then life moves on. But there are parts of our hearts and minds that don't move on. With one simple but very loaded question, God began the lengthy process of unraveling the deepest wounds in my heart, the ones I had refused to feel or even acknowledge were there. What would your life be like if you didn't believe every good thing was about to be taken away from you? That was the question he asked me. Now, the next question was an audible one. I was interviewing a men's coach who helps guys discover their emotional potential, and we were talking about how disconnected many people, especially men, are from their own inner world. He asked, what would happen if you spent a whole year learning to love yourself? I responded a bit dismissively, but something about his question stuck once again in my heart. I chewed on it. I turned it like a gem and looked at it from different angles. Eventually, I heard that still small voice of God once again. Jonathan, I love you, and I've surrounded you with people who love you. You struggle to believe it, but you're also the only one who can bring your heart to believe it. It's no one's responsibility but yours. You need to own the love in your life. After years of marital dysfunction, after years of depression and anxiety, after years of emotional chaos boiling just under the surface... After years of feeling like I was never enough, it was time to learn to love myself. The following week I sat down in my living room, I opened Instagram, and I live-streamed my first self-love meditation. As I journeyed inwards over the next few months, I shared everything live with my friends and followers. I decided to do it live in order to be accountable, but it quickly resulted in many others coming along for the journey with me. turned out I was not alone. I received comments and questions daily, often from people in tears, telling me how they had never been taught to feel their emotions, or to connect with themselves, or to sense God's presence, and what I was doing was impacting them. By the end of three weeks, I felt like a completely different person. My fight, flight, or freeze reflex had calmed down. I was able to be present to myself and others. My inner world had become a lot more clear to me. The patterns of behavior, of coping mechanisms, and pain avoidance strategies were laid out for me to see. My emotional core, my inner child, if you will, had become familiar and intimate to me. I learned to approach myself with self-compassion and grace. I felt emotionally cohesive, steady, and whole. And to my greatest surprise, deep within myself, where I feared I might only find wretchedness and evil, I found God smiling back at me. I began to document everything that I'd learned, as well as the beliefs and practices that had survived my earlier theological reconstruction. This devotional is a blending together of many different Christian traditions and clinical psychology tools and techniques, all drawn out of my experience being led deeper by the Spirit. It's made up of daily readings, each one consisting of a story or teaching component followed by a guided meditation. The journey inward is going to require us to face many things that most of us would rather ignore. You're going to be stretched. You may be prompted to reconsider things you believe about God and about yourself, I'm going to invite you to feel pain that you have probably worked hard to suppress or run from. I'm not going to ask you to recall any specific painful memories, but I will ask you to face yourself very honestly. And in doing so, traumatic memories from your past might come to the front of your mind. I've been there. I know how upsetting and destabilizing that can feel. To make this a safe space for you as much as I can, I've worked hard to prepare the material in a way that moves very slowly and is going to help you increase your emotional capacity before you're likely to face any deep pain. That being said, you are unique and your journey is your own. It's not possible for me to predict exactly how you're going to respond to everything I've written or to cater to every possible scenario. Rest assured, though, the beta readers who've been going through this already generally are telling me that they feel very safe. Also, it's probably worth me pointing out that I'm not a therapist or a doctor and nothing you read here should be construed as medical advice. I can't guarantee any outcome for you. It is possible that you'll uncover things during this devotional that you need to take to a professional counselor or a therapist. But if that happens, please don't consider it a failure to face yourself honestly, to feel and to know, regardless of the help you need to do so. That's a huge step towards maturity. For some of you, Simply pausing your reading, maybe picking things up again in a day or two when you feel ready, might be sufficient to avoid any strong feelings of fear or overwhelm. If if anything that I'm asking you to do doesn't feel safe for you, then don't do it. Uh, Reinterpret it if you need to in a way that feels safe and life-giving for you. The whole purpose of this is to give you tools to help you become more aware of yourself in order that you would see the beauty of yourself and grow in love for yourself. I'm sharing what's worked for me, what I've learned about God and about the way humans work. But this is your journey and you're allowed to change the course as you see fit. With all of that being said, I want to remind you that life has an abundance of pain and fear. Whether terrible things have happened to you or whether you didn't just receive the things that you did need, you can discover your heart. You can learn to love yourself. But to do so, Facing pain is unavoidable. There is some risk involved. The good news is that the heart and mind can build capacity and grow. You can reframe your own memories and experiences. You can grow beyond them. Your story isn't finished. The path to abundant life may pass through death, but trust me when I say it's a path worth taking. The life that is possible on the other side of your pain is better than you could possibly imagine. So here's my question for you as we begin the first reading. If I asked you to name all the things you loved, how long would it take for you to name yourself? My hope is that by the end of this Lenten devotional, your name will be right near the top of that list. So if your appetite's whetted already, good. Go to JonathanPuddle.com slash Lent and put in your email address. Sign up for this. The first email comes next Wednesday, and let's dive into the first full reading right now. So you're going to need to stop your laundry. If you're driving, you'll just have to do your best. Uh, Maybe pause it until you can get to a, a decent place where you can just be present. Okay? All right. Picture, if you can, absolutely nothing. The time before time. The empty darkness before creation itself. There exists only one thing... The Divine Mystery of Potential Life. Can you imagine the hum, the vibration, the potentiality, a divine presence? Perhaps it's light. Some people simply refer to it as the universe, but I find that a little impersonal. The ancient Hebrew scriptures talk of a God that has always existed in three persons, a Father, a spirit or mother, and a son. They say these three persons make up a single God, a triune being who is neither male nor female, but who encapsulates all potentials and possibilities within itself. A God who is said to be love itself. A God who cannot be who or what he is without those potentialities bursting forth into actualities, creating more possibilities for new life. And so they say that creation itself bursts forth from the mind of God by the Spirit of God, taking form via the Son of God. The Father, the Spirit, the Son. The Lover, the Love, the Beloved. Theirs is perfect love, expressed within a community of persons who perpetually empty themselves into the other for their joy and betterment. A kind of divine life whose very existence and integrity requires the birthing of a universe simply to contain more joy and more love. The Hebrew scriptures go on to say that that same God made you and I. And he made us in his own image, so that we would be like him and reflect his nature. He gave you a body, and he declared it good and very good. He made it holy for the purposes of meeting with you. A beautiful, sacred temple that reflects and welcomes the glory of its creator. If I was God, and if I was thinking about you, I would think you were just like me. I would think you're pretty freaking amazing, and I would love you, and I would hope that you knew and believed just how incredible and worthy of my love you are. And if I was talking to you right now, I would tell you that you are allowed to love yourself the same way God loves you. You are allowed to pour out love upon yourself in endless extravagance because you carry the very image of God inside you. And that's exactly what God does. I would tell you that you are allowed to receive and enjoy that love, basking in it, reveling in it, savoring it, every day, forever. And not only are you allowed to, since you were created on the template of a triune being who perfectly loves itself, it's actually your nature to love yourself also. It's how your humanity is meant to work. You are meant to love yourself. Without any of your accomplishments or your identities, you are enough to be loved by yourself and by God. Naked in the dark, you are enough. And how could you be anything else? Just for a moment, park all of your thoughts about righteousness and sin and all the times you've hurt your spouse or yelled at your kids, all the things that make you feel like you've never been enough for anyone. We are going to get to those things in time. For now, let's return to the quiet emptiness before time and space began. For God is alone, and God is love, and God is enough. It's here in the quiet, sacred emptiness that a dream takes form in the mind of God. A dream called you. So now I'll invite you to join me in a meditation. We're going to start by sitting comfortably in a chair or on the ground in a neutral position. Close your eyes and take a deep breath in through your nose, hold it for a moment, and then breathe out through either your nose or mouth, whichever is more comfortable. Take another deep, steady breath in through your nose, hold and release it. Continue breathing this way for 10 or 20, maybe 30 seconds as you feel your body and mind relax. As you breathe, consider that you are the dream of God. He saw you in his mind's eye and he desired for you to be, to exist. Having no form, not having become anyone or achieved anything, you were seen, known, and loved by God. In every way, you are enough for him. As you breathe... Consider that God created all of existence in order to house you so that you could experience life and so that God could treasure you doing so. There is no greater purpose to life than to enjoy it and enjoy the God who gave it to you. You don't have to do anything for him. God holds all of creation together. He is present in everything. With each breath you take, draw the presence of God into your lungs and belly. Imagine his divine, life-giving essence gently holding all things together, entering your lungs, mixing with your blood, and flowing out to every part of you. Imagine your body filling up with God as you breathe him in. See his golden light trickle through your arms, your hands, your feet, your chest, your belly, your groin, your legs, your feet, your toes. Feel his goodness, his joyous energy, all throughout your being. Feel the peace that his presence brings you. You are allowed to spend as much time here as you like. And that, my friends, is the end for today. I'm so glad that you listen. I'm so glad that you uh, that you listen regularly to the podcast. I'm excited to be doing this with you. I'm really, really pumped to put this devotional out to the world. I'm pumped to be doing this for Lent. Uh, if you're excited, again, please go to jonathanpuddle.com slash Lent. L- that's L-E-N-T and enter your email address then confirm it in the email that you get and uh, on Wednesday next I will send out the first daily meditation and you're going to get an email once a day for the entire period of Lent with a new daily reading and a daily meditation. At the very end of it all uh, once I've finished everything then I'll also send you a free ebook copy of this devotional. It's going to be for sale but uh, as a thank you I'll send you the whole packaged version when it comes out and uh, it's, it's due to be released In in the spring. So I'm very, very excited uh, to to get that out to all of you. I'm gonna be working hard uh, over this period of Lent to get this out to you. So thank you for listening. Thank you for participating. If this has touched you and you've signed up, would you consider sharing it with a friend? Uh, This whole thing, this podcast, this writing is my livelihood. It's all of my income comes from this, comes from you guys, comes from the people who support this show, the people who give on Patreon, and the people who will be buying this book. So please share it with a friend, tell somebody who you think maybe they should also give up self hatred for Lent this year and instead embrace love, the love of themselves, the love of God. So thank you so much once again, my friends. God bless you. We'll be back next week with another interview, but uh, hopefully I'll be in touch with you much more soon as we dive into this Lenten devotional together. God bless you all.